This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast. Uh, from Friday Night Drive, I am Michael Dwojek here with The Record North Shore funding member Joe Coglin as we uh, get you all caught up on everything that is happening here in the North Shore sports scene. We've got a lot of fun um interesting storylines to talk about in this week's episode so uh, we'll be doing our regular four quarter format um we'll start things off uh, by uh, recapping some games that took place over uh the past week um and we'll do that uh in the first quarter in the second quarter we are joined by a new trier, uh dance coach Courtney Kafkas um after a historic performance from the team this past weekend in the third quarter we play way or nowhere weekly guessing game And then in the fourth quarter, we preview um, the next week of action that is happening. Uh, A lot of stuff is happening here as we are heading into the final stretch of January. So um, lots of stuff to uh, look forward to and to talk about. But um, just a quick reminder before we get started that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you check us out and uh, subscribe, spread the word. We always appreciate it, always appreciate everybody's insight um, and uh, well wishes. Always appreciate all the positive support there. But um, let's uh, jump in now into the first quarter where we uh, had a lot of interesting uh, storylines, especially in basketball, happening um, over the past weekend. And um, why don't we start things off with uh, Loyola Boys Basketball, who... um, we talked about this game last week about, um, you know, Loyola facing a tough Brother Rice team on Friday, um, a team that uh, obviously is very good in the state and um, has beaten a lot of good teams in the state. And we were kind of curious to see just how good this um, Loyola team could be and kind of compete with uh, um, a team like Brother Rice. But um, I, I think we saw on Friday, Joe, that um, – this Loyola team can't compete with the best is uh, going to beat the best. And um, I think we really saw that in a really strong performance in the 50 to 47 win um, over brother rice on Friday. Yeah. As we've talked about a lot of times, if Loyola can reach 50 points scored, they're going to be very, very tough to beat because of how their defense plays and how they can really limit teams on the offensive end. And they held brother rice under 50 and they, you know, um, and they reached that mark. So, they pulled it out. Um, defense was a big part of that and limiting um, the Crusaders star, Ahmad Henderson. You know, he scored 15, um, but a lot of that was toward the end of the game. So Andrew Hollerich had the uh, unenviable task of guarding him and did it, did a great job, um, as detailed by Mike Clark in our story. Um, but, yeah, the Loyola's, I mean, they're dangerous because I think more so than in maybe some recent years because they do have that some offensive threats that can can get you. Uh, maybe in past years, you could always lean on the fact that they're probably not going to get to 50 or maybe even 45 um, with with what they put on the court offensively. But this year, Miles Boland is is really emerging as a, as a star. He's a junior. He's going to start getting a lot of looks. Um, he can do it at uh, a couple levels of the floor. Um, and I think he put up 20-plus in this one. Um, I can't find it right away, but he uh, he had a great game for them on the offensive end, and like I said, the defense held Brother Rice. So that a very hot Loyola team went on the road on the south side and took that victory. That's a very 
impressive and statement win for them. Yeah, it's definitely a very impressive win and um, just really impressive. You, we, we've talked about this defense, about what they were able to do defensively. Um, they trailed 15 to 11 after the first quarter, um, but then after that only allowed 32 points the rest of the way. So that defense really um, limited the Crusaders and what they were able to do and what they wanted to do. Um, Paul Rich, like you said, um, limited Henderson to six points in the first three quarters. Um and that's exactly what Loyola coach Tom Vitino wanted to do. Um, he knew uh, he knew that Hollerich would be able to, uh, you know, pick up Henderson and really um, stop him from really making a big uh, presence here, um, you know, for for the uh, for the Crusaders. But um, Joe, I feel like this is kind of a game where you kind of see. Um, I, I, I'm not going to start the whole conversation of whether um, Brother Rice overlooked this game like we kind of talked about last week, but uh, just to see a really strong defensive performance, this is the kind of stuff that we have kind of wanted to see from the Ramblers this season. And it's kind of the thing that can obviously help this team make a deep postseason run if they're able to play like this and especially um, take away other teams, you know, top uh, offensive uh, juggernauts. Yeah, you know, it's one thing, you know, of course, as a team, you feel like you can beat anybody. You feel like on the right day, things go right. You can beat every team. But it's another thing to actually do it and, and bolster that confidence within your unit uh, to have the proof uh, of what you feel. So I think that just gave them that. They also had that big win the, the previous week over St. Ignatius. Uh, kind of those building blocks that showed they're going to be a threat in the postseason. Um, but that doesn't mean they're, they're not, you know, they're playing – they're peaking, I guess. Uh, you know, the next day they fell to tap the team that, um, you know, to end their winning streak uh, of seven in a row. They were going to lose at some point, but you thought it might last another couple conference games. Um, but they fell to tap on kind of a non-con after that emotional win Friday night. So they got some things to work on before the postseason. They only put up 34 points in that game. But you do feel like this Ramblers team is legit. And uh, I think they're going to, it's going to be a really fun sectional um, with that team in the mix with GBN, GBS, and Nushir. Yeah, you mentioned that tab loss. You, uh, you go from beating um, Brother Rice, obviously a top team in the state, um, to losing the tabs, who's you know sixteen and eight overall, eight and zero in the in the Chicago Public League. So um, nothing to look down upon, but um, for for a Ramblers team, I mean, you kind of we've kind of seen this throughout the season where you know, they lose to Nutria or they lose to, um, you know, St. Patrick or Evanston or, um, you know, they, they, they're doing these things where even that one game in Florida, they lost to Doral Academy. Um, you know, not that we're, you know, you know, exactly know exactly how good of a team that is because we're able to see that in Florida. But um, you also see, you know, the highs and lows of this Loyola team in the weekend where, you know, you beat a really good brother ice team, you put together a great defensive performance and then the next day at home, you're really not able to compete against the Taft team. That's good, but you, you probably should beat that Taft team, especially at home. Yeah. Yeah. And I think coach, coach Livettino would tell you, they're just not a perfect team. Um, they're not a, you know, Simeon 22 and one or whatever Simeon is right now. They're not at that level. Now that's where they, you know, they want to be a team that that wins <laughs> most, if not all, their games. But uh, they go through lulls on the offensive end, especially their defense. As you saw, they gave up 38 points in Taft, so that should be a victory, giving up 38 points. Um, but they couldn't get back up there. Now, I actually don't know. You know, you could tell me that three of their players were out with 
rest or injury or whatever. And I'd be like, Oh, but I don't think that's the case. Um, so just a letdown game. Um, they happen. It's a long season, especially, you know, with, with the shootouts and the tournaments um, that are kind of installed a lot now um, it's a tiring season. Um, so after that emotional win, I think it was just a letdown and they've got to learn to avoid those because we'll have more days off when it comes to the postseason. Um, but you have a letdown like that and you're getting, you're getting a quick exit from any number of your neighbors um, in Evanston team again, a Nutrier team again, GBS, GBN, whoever um, in the second or third round. Exactly. Well, we'll talk more about the Ramblers in the third quarter and the fourth quarter as well. But um, let's move on to uh, another big game that we kind of talked about last week, and that was the Nutrier boys basketball team um, taking on GBN on Friday. And uh, uh, Nutrier well, wasn't able to hang on with GBN losing 54 to 44. And, and the conversation we had before the podcast um, when we were planning things out, Joe, um, you mentioned that this was kind of the game where um, you kind of realize that maybe that this team, you, you know, isn't at the level of Simeon and that kind of stuff. And I, I don't know if exactly that was, you know, ever really talked about or really, you know, ever really thought about being at Simeon's level. But I feel like we had had conversations before about this being, you know, a, this could be a top 10 team, like maybe a seven, eight, nine team that could, you know, make some noise, maybe win a super sectional. And that's not to say that this team can't do that, but um, losing the GBN, um, you know, with the CSL South uh, on the line uh, kind of came up short there and kind of uh, gave the Trevians a loss that maybe were kind of like, okay, maybe this team isn't at the level that we thought that they were going to be able to compete. Yeah. And I do think that, and, and I don't think they should take that or anybody as a slight of, uh, of this team or its players and they're not still good. They are. It's just, I was wondering, are they a top 10? Like you just mentioned, are they that good close to last year? Of course they lost so many talented seniors, um, all of whom are playing college basketball, but are they still there? Like, can they figure out and put it together to where they are up there? I think maybe we're looking at more of a 15 to 20, um, maybe on the back end of that in, in the rankings in the state, which is still a great team. It's still, you know, it's still a team that's going to win 25 ball games this year. Um, so, um, I read the story Daily Herald uh, uh, was out there covering it, Dave Oberham. Um, so I read his story, and it, it just seemed like it was a back-and-forth game, and um, they kind of shut down Jake uh, Fegan a little bit late, and uh, GBN, that is, and they hit their free throws. Um, and GBN was close to Nutria twice last year. It took, I believe, a pretty big comeback from Nutria to win one of those ball games. Um, so GBN's right there with them, and, and they had the emotion on their side of, you know, Ryan Cohen talked about it in that Daily Herald story of never beating Nutrier, like in his high school career. So, uh, they, you know, they put a lot of uh, emphasis on this one, on getting that victory, and they did. Um, and it's going to be, I think, a heck of a game when they rematch to end the conference season. Now, I think Nutrier, GBS, and GBN are all 5-1, and one, if I'm not wrong, or around there in the CSL um, South. So, uh we're going to have a heck of a second half of that CSL South season. Um, Nutria GBS, GBS play. Uh, and I think GBS, GBN, and, and of course, Nutria GBN again. So a lot, lot to be decided in the next uh, four weeks before the, before the conference season starts. But Nutria can come back from this. They got other games. They got GBS they got to get up for. They got war on the shore on Saturday against DePaul, a good team um, out of the city. So they're going to have to be ready, and I think they will be. It's, uh, it's Friday a game where we kind of talked about, you know, this 
what could potentially be a flaw with this new chair team and that being, you know, they're not making their shots that this team can be beat and like, especially if they go cold, do you feel like that's kind of what we saw on uh, Friday against GBN where, you know, you're, you you eliminate Fegan and you kind of get rid of that shooting and uh, you can kind of take care of your trier there. Yeah. It, I mean, if you stop Fegan from getting hot, I feel like that's every team's priority. And then Nutrier misses, I think they missed 15 of their 19 threes, other, you know, the whole team. That's not, that's not good. That's not a winning formula. And I think they want to, they need to hit those shots to be at that elite level or competing at that elite level. And I think they know that they're a jump shooting team. Nutrier has been forever, but this team is really a good shooting team. So an off night, I think that will happen. Um, we'll see if they can get back on track. Um, everybody knows that too, though. So defenses are, Keen uh, on the perimeter, I'm sure. Um, GBS, though, man, they're playing good basketball. Um, it's going to be a really tough uh, game. I, where did I'm trying to think if it's home or away? Um, I can't remember where they played the first game. So um, that's going to play. You know, it's it's always tough playing in the Titan Dome. Uh, but but GBS is playing at a very high level. I would say they're playing the best out of those three teams. They beat GBN. Um, even though they lost Nutria to start the conference season, uh, I think they're going to be ready to play Nutria. Better be ready. All right. We'll talk more about Nutria in the third and fourth quarter as well. Um, before we finish things off here in the first quarter, um, big congratulations to the Nutria uh, dance team who is heading down the state for the first time in program history. Um, we'll hear more about that in the second quarter from the coach herself and, you know, how big it is uh, for the program. But, Joe, uh, a really cool accomplishment for uh, the Trevians here. Yeah, you know, a first. Uh, so history was made. Um, they put that on the line and said it was a goal this season. They were a couple points off. So the top six at the section will go, and, and they were seventh a couple points off last year. Uh, so they, you know, they rode in, in Sharpie, uh, if you will, and uh, they achieved it. So they were really proud, not only that they made it there, but that they set that goal and hit that goal. That's always fulfilling. Um, so. Um, I, I, I wish I could get into the details of dance, but it is a sport and activity that um, eludes me a little bit, um, but it's impressive nonetheless. And the work they put in is very real and very long and very, very uh, tenuous. So um, good for them. Kudos to them. And I, you know, we talked about just the achievement and what they want to do this weekend and all that good stuff. All right. Well, so let's stick with that and move on over to the second quarter where we are joined by Nutrier uh, dance coach, Courtney Kafkis, like Joe mentioned, she's going to talk about um, what, uh, you know, what the accomplishment means for the program, um, how they plan to head for this and uh, what they're looking forward to this weekend. You guys are headed to state. We are very excited. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. Tell me what, uh, you know, I'm not 100% versed in, in the scoring and how it's announced. How did it go on, was it Saturday? Yeah, Saturday was our sectionals. Okay. Um, 16 teams were there, and the top six advanced to the state championship. So we're very excited. Last year we were two points away, and I made it a goal this year, along with the team, of course, um, that we were going to make it. And so the girls worked really, really hard. Um, we had a lot of hard practices, and we did it. We're super excited. First time in uh, dance team history here, so... We're all really excited about it. Now, did you find out, did you know, once you saw the score, did you have to wait? So they announced it. So all the teams go in the circle, and uh, 
we just kind of sit there and wait, and then they call the top six. So oh, okay. we came in six. Um, but yeah, we were we were very excited. <laughs> I mean, it was a lot of it's a lot of work. It's really hard to do. There's a lot of really amazing schools that participate. And we got second place in our CSL competition this year, which was the highest we've ever placed. So I kind of had an inkling, but we were um, very still, it was, you know, still a close call. But yeah, we pulled through, we did it. And last, you said last year you were, you were two, two points off. Yeah, we were about two points off. Yeah. So what, how do you make up that difference in, in dance competitions? Like what, what's key to, to doing that? Um, a lot of it is synchronization. So, you know, the girls have to be really, really clean. Um, our formations were awesome this year. Uh, we had a lot of tricks, which always scores high in difficulty. Um, and I just, I have a lot of great dancers too this year, uh, that could pull those tricks. You know, they're, they're not easy. It's a lot of gymnastics that's involved as well. Um, and so we just really, we mastered all of it. So we scored pretty high. How long have you been coaching? Um, Five years. This is my fifth year. So I was in activities actually when I started. And um, the team just kind of kept getting better and better. And I always have a ton of girls to come to tryouts. And I've always had to cut a lot in the, in the past year. So I kind of went to Nutria and I asked for a JV team. Because I was cutting like 50, 60 girls at a time, and it was a lot. Um, so we finally got our JV team. And then last year at our tryouts in August, I had a slew of eighth grade dancers that were amazing. And so I had a ton of girls to kind of pick from. Um, so I kind of just went to Augie at some point, and I was like, you know, can we be a part of athletics finally? <laughs> so I'm, I made that last year. Okay. So we, we finally became athletics last year. So that was also a very big goal of mine. So we're just kind of growing and moving on up. What's the major difference between athletics and, like, from your standpoint as a coach, what are some of the things that being in the athletic department does for you? Um, everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we're looked at differently, too. Now we're considered a sport where in my I was a dancer all my life, so – in a lot of the schools, dance, in other schools, dance has always been a part of athletics. And when I started at New Chair, I was a little surprised that it wasn't because um, it's a lot of hard work. And these girls are athletes and they should be recognized as such. So um, I just worked hard and proved to them that, you know, we, we're, we're, we're definitely a sport. You know, we practice every day after school, Monday through Thursday after school, sometimes Fridays. Our competitions are always on the weekends. So it's a lot of time. Uh, this season goes from August to February, so that's also another really, you know, tough thing that the girls don't really do anything else. Maybe track and field, but that's that's definitely their sport. Um, there's more perks when you're in athletics. I just feel like you're kind of looked at a little bit differently, yeah. taken a little more seriously. Okay, so I guess what's this week consist of uh, getting ready? What are you guys oh, doing wow. specifically? A lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> So we've never been before, so this is obviously all new to me. Um, we had to get hotel rooms, and we had to get email preps and all of that. But we go down to Bloomington on Thursday. We perform on Friday. And then if you make it to the next level, which is finals, um, we perform on Saturday. So we're there from Thursday to Saturday. 
So it was a lot. I mean, now I know like a lot, all it takes to actually, you know, get all 26 girls over there. Um, so yeah, that's what we're going out to Bloomington. We're performing at the Grossinger Motor Arena and there's 36 teams that are going to be there. And what about in the, in the gym and in practice and training, is there anything special you're doing this week? Um, we're just cleaning, 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 cleaning. I really want to make sure that our tricks are polished and everybody's landing their head springs and their tip flops and, um, everybody's still in sync. We work on facials a lot. Um, everyone that's in sync, making sure that we're hitting all the beats to our music, uh, just really performing at the best quality that we can. My girls are capable of doing a, a lot. So I'm just pushing them to make sure that we can get this routine spotless. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. That's, that's all I had. Anything else you wanted to add about the, you know, this team or, or making it state? Um, we're just really excited. And it was like, we, we never thought we would actually do it. Like I said, that it's really hard to do to actually accomplish that. So I'm just proud of them. All right, thank you so much, Courtney, for joining us this week. And thank you, as always, to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. Always appreciate everybody's insight. All right, let's move on over now. We're going to play Way or No Way here in the third quarter. I throw out five propositions, and Joe and I argue that they could happen. A way or no way, they cannot happen. All right, let's stick here with uh, – let's go with basketball here. We'll start off with the new Trier boys basketball team. No way or no way Friday's game for the boys against GBS is a must win. Oh, no way. Um, I guess it, I guess it is how you look at it, but the way I'm looking at it is they want to be playing their best basketball at the postseason. And I, I really do feel like they could play an outstanding game and lose by one point. GBS is really playing at that level. They're playing like a top 10, top 15 team in the state right now. Um, and should be getting the credit for doing so. So um, I think if they lose and it's a close game, it's not the end of the world. They got to regroup and just uh, maybe fight back and, and maybe they pick off GBN at the end of the season to get its share of the conference title because who knows what happens. Um, but they got to stay the course because I think this is a team, but they're not a team that's going to surge ahead of the pack. I think we kind of know that now that their neighbors are just uh, that good as well. So not a must win, but a like to win. Yeah, I, I feel with the must win game, that usually means you have to win the game in order to make the playoffs or something like that. And obviously that doesn't um, really happen in high school basketball because, you know, everyone makes the playoffs and you just kind of go through the tournament. But I'm going to go with the way here, just in the sense of that, you know, I, I feel like we've seen new Trier come close against some really good opponents and they beat Rolling Meadows and, um, you know, they beat Kenwick and, and those are good games. Um, but this is, a, I feel like, a game that you kind of need to win. I mean, you, you know that GBS is going to be coming after you. Um, GBS really doesn't like you right now, especially after last year and the rivalry that you've kind of built with them. And I know that, the, you know, the key figures of those teams are gone at this point. They have graduated, but, you know, the bad blood is still there. And I think that's why it's a must-win game just for new traders show that they can win these types of games and, um, I mean, this honestly could have a big factor in seeding as well in that sectional. So, um, despite you know not only the conference implications and the um, you know implications of what this could potentially mean for the um, conference and sectional, I think that uh, 
you got to win this game just to show that you can win these types of games. And uh, it, it can't be a whole lot of like, well, we came close against this team. We beat a couple good teams and that's good enough for us. I feel like this needs to be a game that they win. And um, so that's why I feel like this is going to be a must win game. All right, we're going to move on over to Loyola boys who, like we mentioned earlier, beat uh, Brother Rice, but then lost to Tap the next day. Uh, Joe, way or no way that losing to Tap the day after uh, beating Brother Rice takes away the good feelings from beating Brother Rice on Friday? Man, it's it's hard. That is a tough question because it happened so quickly, too. Um, so I got to say a little bit. Um, it doesn't take away from how great the win was, but I think internally it was probably a bit of a, a, a sucky feeling, um, you know, coming in and, and to your home floor after a big win, feeling pretty good and just not being able to put together four quarters of quality basketball to beat a team you should beat. That stinks. Um, so I guess I'll say, I'll say way that probably took something away internally. I think looking at it from our perspective, it's still a great win and one that really matters as you go along the season. Yeah, I think I'll go with way there too. I think that, you you know, you, you really have a really impressive win against a CCL opponent, top team in the state. And um, you need to win that Taft game. I mean, you just need to kind of show that you can build up consistency and that kind of stuff. And I know they had that winning streak, but um, some of those games, you know, in that winning streak weren't against the best teams in the state. And um, I mean, that's what you need to do if you're, if you're Loyola, but um yeah, I do think that takes away a little bit. I mean, you can't really – I wouldn't say – I mean, I guess you, you could say it's laying an egg on Saturday after beating a really good Brother Rice team. So I'm going to go with the way I think that takes it a little bit away where one day, I mean, Loyola can beat this team, but then the next day you can lose. I mean, that's why it's going to be hard to predict this team during the playoffs where, I mean, they could beat the number one seed in the sectional, but they could also lose to the, like, the 10 seed or something. Like, I feel like that's something – um, that kind of leaves – that's the kind of thing that kind of stops us from going all in on Loyola moving forward. So um, I'm going to go with the way there as well. All right, Loyola Wrestling finished fourth at the CCL uh, meet this past weekend with some uh, big winners as well. Uh, way or no way, Joe, that you're impressed with Loyola's fourth-place finish in the conference uh, invitational? Uh, yes, I believe that's about right, right? You Kind of what we talked about at the top-heavy league – um, and Loyola's building, I think fourth place is great. I think they had like five second place finishers, um, five or six and, and a bunch of other, and a handful of other placers. Um, so yeah, I think that's about right. And that's good. Uh, I think it's a good season for Loyola so far and a good showing. Yeah. I'd go the way there as well. I think, uh, um, you would have wanted, you know, to finish higher, maybe have someone finish, um, you know, win their weight or something like that. But I mean, these are the CCL, like we've talked about, especially the top heaviness. Um, Mount Carmel is just a juggernaut, the best team in the state when it comes to their class. Um, so having to compete against those types of teams, I mean, a lot of second place finishers. Um, I think that's uh, one, two, three, four, five, five second place finishers for Loyola, and they had to take on Marmion and Mount Carmel. So, I mean, those are really top tier tier team. So um yeah, way I'd definitely impressed with it. Um obviously would have wanted them to win, but you know the competition they're going against is really tough, especially in these in, in these tournament settings for a team. Um I'll definitely go with the way there. 
Joe, uh, Loyola girls basketball lost to GBS 36-35 on Tuesday. Um, way or no way that the Ramblers are heading the wrong way here as we head into the final stretch of the season? Oh, man, they just seem to have plateaued a little bit right now. Um, it's 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 a difficult point in the season um, as they kind of we hit that we've already hit the turning point and you're kind of in the falling action heading toward the postseason. You got to regroup, and you got to find it, and you got to get back to to where you're playing your best basketball. Now, GBS is a very good team. I believe they've only got a handful of losses, seventeen and five or something like that, um, and they beat them on a last second shot, one last possession shot for GBS, and then Loyola had one blocked. So it was a good basketball game. I think what you about what you expected from these two teams, and uh, there's a chance they meet each other in the postseason. So. I think they're both going to be ready. I think they're very quality teams. Um, but Loyola, I think, does have a couple strides to make to get back to playing their best basketball. So yeah. I don't remember if I'm saying way or no way. Yeah, I'd go with the way there. I just think, you know, you need a – the biggest question with them has been for me the entire season, just like pick up these critical wins like against Macaulay or Libertyville or, um, you, you know, GBS even or like – uh other good teams so i mean i i would have i would have liked them to win this game especially you know gbs is good yes i know it was a last second shot but like i think this loyola team should have put themselves in position to um win this game and again they're 20 and 5 i'm well aware of how good this team is um and they'll face a really tough test uh, next week as they're playing in their conference tournament but um i i'm going with way there i think you kind of want them to kind of you know, figure some things out here as we head into the final stretch and turn things around. So I'm going to weigh, uh, for the time being, I think they're heading in the wrong direction, but that can easily be fixed next week um, in the uh, GCAC tournament. All right, we've got postseason gymnastics starting next week. Joe Nutrier will take uh, compete in its own um, regional on Tuesday, January 31st. They'll take on Prairie Ridge Co-op, Warren Lakes Co-op, and themselves. Way or no way, Joe, that Nutrier wins its own regional. Oh, you, can you read those teams again? Uh, Chris, uh, Prairie Ridge, Warren, Lakes, and Nutrier. Oh, that's it at the regional, huh? Um, well, I'll say that, you know, they'll advance to the sectional, I believe. Um, but Prairie Ridge is a pretty good program. Um so I don't know if they'll win it. Um, I just don't think they have that. Teams they've had in the past have have, have had that 142 to 145 score, and they haven't hit that yet. So uh, I don't think they're quite there, and maybe they're, you know, getting some people healthy here and will do it, but um, not yet. So I'll say no way for winning it. I think I'll, hmm, I think I'll go with, way here i think from what i know i think prairie ridge um has some talent and that kind of stuff but it isn't at the same level as it was before um so i think maybe new chair is able to sneak out i i think it's between those two teams um you know watch me be wrong now and it's going to be some other team um sure. who wins regional, but um I, I think it's between those two teams between prairie ridge and new Trier. and i think new Trier is able to squeak it out and uh you know win that regional um, advancing to the sectional as well, obviously. So um, I'll go with Way there. It'll be a very close matchup. But I do think that uh, the Trevians can uh, uh, sneak it out and uh, earn a win there. 
All right, that's everything we've got for way or no way. Let's jump on over to the fourth quarter where we preview action for the next coming week. And why don't we stick with gymnastics here really quickly, Joe? Um, you know, we've seen a lot from this new chair team um, this season, really uh, putting together some uh, good, strong performances as well. They beat uh, GBS uh, 140.55 to 137.5. Um, so we've seen that 140 from Nutrier. Um, Clara Crossgrove uh, has been doing well at the floor and the all around. Um, so uh, Ryan Segal is also good, um, you know, at the bars. And Annabella Sturgis also strong, uh, strong performances all around. So um, I feel like this should be an interesting matchup for Nutrier. Um, just trying to figure out, you know, whether they can. I think they'll advance overall. I think that's not the question. I think the question just is you know, can they win a plaque uh, and advance at a sectional? Yeah, um, I think that is too. And I think their their goal is to get back to state because I wrote it in that story uh, last time we covered. Um, they didn't make it last year. Uh, maybe the year before was the COVID year. Anyway, um, they want to get back there. They're a regular at the state meet. Um, and uh, they just got to They got to get healthy. And I, I'm not positive if all their, excuse me, all their girls are. It looks like they just did, – did you mention the Mundelein score? Uh, no. Okay, they just beat Mundelein this week too, and they're right at that 140. So it looks like now they're, they're consistently at 140. If they can get that a little above, I think they're a good bet for State. Uh, but uh, it looks like they got, you know, Claire Cosgrove and Ryan Siegel doing the all-around, which is what they want. Um, they just need some other scores bumped up a little bit. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting. So make sure you check out those performances on um, one that I say Tuesday, January 31st, New Tour hosting their regional. So make sure you check that out and uh, support the Trevians. All right, let's talk uh, some hoops as well. Um, we've got, let's start things off with, uh, before we get to Warren the Shore, that both New Trier and Loyola will be competing against, or competing in, I should say, uh, on Saturday. Um, we got Nutria playing GBS. We kind of hit on this a little bit earlier in Way or No Way about um, this being uh, a must-win game or not. And, um, Joe, I'm just really curious to see how this Nutria team kind of responds um, after, you, you know, dropping that uh, dropping the game to GBS. I'm kind of curious to know, you know, what's the intensity in this game? Is Nutria, like, really going to be like, well, we just lost to GBN. We're 5-1 in the field. So, South, we're not done yet. But – you know, we kind of control our own destiny here. We need to win this game where, you know, GBS is 18 and five right now. They're playing really well. Like you mentioned, um, they're four and two in the conference so far. So GBS honestly might be looking at this as a, as a must win game as well. But I mean, they lost a prospect on Tuesday, um, but they have beaten teams fairly well, including GBN 63 to 48 a couple weeks ago. So um, a really big matchup for both teams here as uh, these matchups tend to be uh, whenever GBS and Nutria play each other at this point. Yeah, I'm expecting a pretty good one. As you talked about, you know, these teams, in terms of high school basketball, we're not talking about bad blood like uh, you see a professional level with anger, but the competition is hot. Uh, right. These teams really get after it on the court. Um, it's a rivalry, and it was, uh, it has been for a while, of course, but it's been built over the past couple of years because of the – high talent level on both of these teams and the high uh, level of both these teams play at. So uh, it's going to be good basketball. I think Nutria will respond. I just don't know if that equates to a victory. 
because I think both these teams are that good. Um, and I don't think either one is that much better than the other when they play their best basketball. I just think they're going to both play good basketball and we're going to have a, a, a really good game here and it'll come down to who finishes. And that's where I think Nutrier can do better. We saw this in the game against Curie. We saw this in the game, um, the other game in the um, Bloom, in the um, uh, the Pontiac tournament. Uh, we saw it against GBN last week. They have leads. They have second half leads, or at least they're within striking distance. Can they finish it off? They need to do that. And uh, I'd love to see one here. How, how do you do, like, based on what you know about GBS and what you obviously know about Nutrier, um, is it kind of what they've been doing the whole season and kind of you got to make sure that Vegan is hot and he's hitting his shots? And how do you, what do you do at this point um, if he's not hitting his shots? I mean, you can't only rely on him and rely on him to, you know, kind of carry the team. So what does Nutrier do if GBS does a good job of, once again, taking Vegan out of the game? And they're going to. They're going to put either Davis or Marr, I would think, on Fegan and just blanket him. Um, and it's going to be tough for him. Now, what Fegan has to do is find other ways to contribute, including score the basketball with free throws, getting open and getting some some tough looks, at, you know, taking it to the basket or facilitate. And he's been doing a good job at that this year while still getting up, you know, between 15 and 20 points a season. I'm not sure – or a game. I'm not sure what he's at. But the other guys in the lineup, Evan Canellis, a point guard, Logan Feller at the uh, the other wing position, they have to create for their other guys, whether that's Ian Brown, whether it's Colby Smith. They got to create for these. Colby Smith can do some facilitating too. But we got to be aggressive and breaking down that GBS defense and find the open man. And then I think that can happen. They're going to be open because Nutrier can break down defense. It's about hitting the shots at that point. It's about executing. Um, I think – GBS plays pretty small. They do have a quasi big man in Nick Taylor, but he's, uh, I think he's around the six, five, six, six range. Um, he's not. So I, I, and he's, uh, athletic and can move around. So I think they'll have to bring in Ian Brown a lot to spell Tyler Van Gorp, their, uh, Nutrier's six foot 10 guy. Um, and it's going to be a little bit of small ball and, uh, I don't know. Um, just got to hit down shots. And and I think they, they're going to find the open man and, and we got to knock him down. And that's what GBS does too, by the way. They got shooters all over the floor. It's going to be similar basketball. The the main difference is I think Nutria has the, the advantage with the ball handlers. They got a lot of ball handlers uh, on that team that can do it effectively. They basically start two point guards and then Logan Feller's a great uh, point forward, if you will, point small forward. Um, so um, I think that's it. I really do. But I, I just don't see it getting away from either team. What do you predict happens? I think we're going down to late in the fourth quarter. Um, I, you know, when it's that close in question, I always just uh, totally bail out and go with the, the team that we cover. So I, I think Nutrier can and will pull it off. Um, but I'm thinking they're going to they're going to need a burst in that last three minutes and uh it's not holding the basketball and it's not um you know you know barely fending gbs off they're not going to have a huge lead um it's it's they're going to have to be productive in the final three minutes and win the game take the game away from gbs all right going on to both loyola and uh saturday for both teams both teams will be competing at the 12th annual war on the shore at evanston 
um, benefiting the Danny Did Foundation, a really cool thing that the teams put together every single year. Fun, uh, fun little shootout, shootout uh, for the teams. But um, the way the reason I say that is because Loyola plays the Paul Prep on Friday, and then uh, Nutrier plays the Paul Prep on mm-hmm. Saturday. So um, the Paul Prep getting their North Shore fix for the weekend, playing um, against uh, Loyola in Wilmette and then going to Evanston the next day to play New Trier in that shootout. But uh, DePaul Prep is uh, 14 and seven overall, uh, one and three in the conference. So um, their team, their losses came against uh, classic Max Prep's getting me. Uh, DePaul Prep's uh, losses came against uh, St. Lawrence, De La Salle, Mount Carmel, St. Rita, um, Oswego East, Marion Catholic. So, um, I feel like Joe for both Loyola and New Trier, these are teams. This is a game I feel like that New Trier and Loyola should both win, um, against DePaul. It is. This is, this is, these are games both teams should win, but it's also not an easy one. It's kind of similar to that Taft or a St. Lawrence. Good basketball teams who play hard, who play discipline. And if you don't watch out, they'll steal a game from you. And I think that's what could happen here. But so teams got to be ready. And I think they know that against the Paul prep. Um, and uh, so I expect them to win both games, but you know, Loyola is going to be hungry to rebound. Um, they already did. They, they picked up a, a conference win. I, I get confused with the conference splitting up now, but they beat Providence. Um, so in the Catholic league, um, they got a victory earlier in the week. So they want to keep that going kind of a new winning streak. Um, and a lot of new triers, not their performance to say, but I'm interested to see what they come out against. I don't expect them to lay flat, but they could. I mean, this could be a very emotional win or loss on Friday night. Then they got to come back at 2 p.m. Going to be a tough turnaround for them either way. And talking about Loyola, I think I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens with this Loyola team on Friday and Saturday, where Friday they play bowling or they play uh, DePaul Prep. And then on Saturday, play Bolingbrook, um, number 11, uh, ranked by uh, Mike, sometimes Michael O'Brien um, in the uh, War on the Shore on Saturday. Bolingbrook is 17-6 and six overall, 3-0 and oh in their conference. So um, I'm very curious to see what their mentality is heading into DePaul on Friday and whether they, I don't know, when you play a team like Bolingbrook in a really good War on the Shore, you know, shootout, do you overlook a team like DePaul? And I feel like this Loyola team can't do that considering what just happened against Taft. And um, I'm really curious to see how they come out against uh, um, DePaul on Friday and if they can maintain that energy on Saturday against a really good Bolingbrook team. Yeah, I'm interested too. That's a good point um, about that because you're going to have, you can't go in cold against Bolingbrook. Um, They'll run you right off the floor. So you got to be prepared, uh, but you also got to be prepared for DePaul. So a tough weekend for them. Um, to be ready for those games. Um, but, I, you know, their coaching staff always does a good job. You can expect uh, some low-scoring, um, rough-and-tumble basketball in both those games, I'm sure. Um, but Bolingbrook can fill it up, so you're going to have to keep them under 50 as well, similar to you did with Brother Rice, to give yourself a chance. Right. Um, all right, we've also, for girls' basketball, uh, Loyola girls' basketball plays the Lumiere on Thursday. Today we're recording this on Thursday. And then next week they'll start off their GCAC conference tournament. Um, Joe, we'll hear we'll talk more about that next week. Um, you know when we actually know the seedings and um, know how Loyola had de- 
how Loyola performed in the first two games on Monday and Tuesday. Um, but what do you expect out of this Loyola team and how critical is it, you know, just looking ahead to finish, you know, at least reach the championship game where maybe you don't meet, beat Macaulay, maybe you don't beat Montini, but just to have this team make the championship feels like, feel like, like a really, that would be a really big momentum booster heading into the playoff. Uh, yeah. Heading you're right. I, I think GCAC tournament is a big opportunity for them to get back on track, you know, even a couple games before then, but going into that tournament, just feeling good about yourself as you enter the postseason, I think that'd be huge for them. I don't think they feel bad, but I think they know they can play better. Um, I think they, uh, they're they so young that uh, a lot of those things can affect them maybe a little more than they do um, seniors. You know, they're a little more unsteady. They're still learning a lot of things. I mean, they play freshmen and like a lot of freshmen and sophomores, for goodness sake. So uh, they are still figuring a lot of things out. Uh, they don't have a senior. I've said that like seven times on this podcast in this year. But uh, so th these these things matter. And I think momentum might matter a smidge more. So uh, it's a big opportunity for them. You're right. All right, Joe, anything, uh, any lasting uh, thoughts before we say goodbye to folks? No, thank you all for tolerating uh, my voice through this. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, postseason's right around the corner. So let's get excited. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you, as always, for listening to the Varsity Podcast. Just a quick reminder, again, that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Be sure you check us out. Subscribe. Spread the word. We always appreciate it. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, make sure you also review us. Uh, those positive reviews help other people who are interested in uh, high school sports, especially in the North Shore, uh, find us. So make sure you uh, leave a nice little review. We always appreciate it. Um, like we said, there's a lot of sports action going on. Playoffs have started for almost half the sports. We're almost getting closer to playoffs starting for wrestling next week. And then girls basketball and boys basketball will follow. So we got a lot of stuff to do. Make sure you check out Joe's work at therecordnorthshore.org. And as always, make sure you check out my stuff at FridayNightDrive.com. For Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week. And we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity, a uh, product of the record, northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.